Welcome to the 99 Topics for the CCFP Exam Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brady Bouchard. Hello everyone and welcome back to the podcast. We're fresh out of exams this past weekend. I think they went well for most people that I talked to. So good luck with your results. So this week we're going to talk about antibiotics. Um, which is a pretty short topic just because there's no point me reading a PDF to you. Um, there's two good resources that I'll mention throughout that you should look at so that you have common infections in your head. A first-line and second-line antibiotic for the common infections you encounter. But anyways, there's five key features in this topic. Key feature number one, in patients requiring antibiotic therapy, make rational choices, i.e. first-line therapies, knowledge of local resistance patterns, a patient's medical and drug history, and the patient's context. Um, In patients with a clinical presentation suggestive of a viral illness, avoid prescribing antibiotics. That one should have been beaten into us throughout residency. Key feature number three, in a patient with a purported antibiotic allergy, rule out other causes, i.e. intolerance to side effects or a non-allergic rash, before accepting the diagnosis. So key feature number four, use a selective approach in ordering cultures before initiating antibiotic therapy. So you usually wouldn't order it in uncomplicated cellulitis, pneumonia, UTIs, abscesses, that sort of thing. Um, It can be useful, though, for assessing community resistance patterns, so at a population health or research level. Um, And, of course, in patients who are critically unwell, so patients with systemic symptoms and in the immunocompromised patients. In key feature number five, in urgent situations, so cases of meningitis, septic shock, febrile neutropenia, do not delay administration of antibiotics, i.e. do not wait for confirmation of the diagnosis. So let's dive a little deeper into these. So key feature number one, in patients requiring antibiotic therapy, make rational choices. You should have this beat into you all throughout med school and residency. The goal is to pick the right antibiotic for the right bug, for the right patient. Um, And how do you do that? So you have to be aware of patient allergies, but true allergies, not what patients report as allergies sometimes. Uh, The red flags here are usually pretty obvious for allergy. So if they've had a history of difficult breathing or difficulty breathing when they've been administered the medication, tongue swelling, passing out or fainting, uh, needing to be given adrenaline previously, having a script for an EpiPen or nausea and vomiting, it's probably a true allergy. Be aware of other medications that may interact with whatever antibiotic you're giving. So warfarin is a common culprit. Um, Most antibiotics will increase the effect of warfarin. So you get reduced gut vitamin K synthesis from the bacteria there. And that increases your INR. So on patients with warfarin who are receiving antibiotics, you should monitor their INR more frequently than you otherwise would. There's also significant enzyme inhibition or induction with Bactrim, Flagyl, um, Fluconazole, the antifungals. Um, Use the most specific antibiotic that is likely to work, so don't use broad-spectrum antibiotics unless you need to. So definitely use them empirically in critically ill patients, in infections with the potential to worsen quickly, so gangrene is a classic one here, Um, or in the immunocompromised, so your bad diabetics, your febrile neutropenic patients, Definitely use the empiric therapy. Um, But once you get a specific bug back, if you have isolated it in culture, um, then switch to the most specific agent. The patient will have fewer side effects and the antibiotics should still work. So for the exam, 
um, for most common conditions, you should have a typical first-line antibiotic in your head, as well as a second-line antibiotic. And especially for common infections in kids, make sure you have the pediatric per weight dosing in them. I won't read the list here. Dr. Curlew's podcast has a lot of the infection antibiotics in it with specific dosing. Two great resources if you want to have something to look at, which I think is helpful for a lot of numbers. Um, the RX Files Common Infections page, and also what's commonly known as the Orange Book, published by Mums Health, the anti-infective guidelines for community-acquired infections. It's way more succinct and, in my opinion, more useful compared to bugs and drugs. You should be aware of the local antibiogram if you have one in resistance patterns in your area, or at the very least in your province. Key feature number two, in patients with a clinical presentation suggestive of a viral infection, avoid prescribing antibiotics. So this one's straightforward. Don't prescribe antibiotics if the infection's likely to be viral. So conditions that fit in this category, chronic sinusitis, acute sinusitis, when signs and symptoms of bacterial infection are absent, in most upper respiratory tract infections for acute bronchitis, and for uncomplicated otitis media in children greater than two years old. Key feature number three. In patients with a purported antibiotic allergy, rule out other causes. So the number of patients that report allergies to medications is a much larger group than those with true allergies. It's up to you to distinguish them. So they could have commonly an intolerance due to known side effects, so NSAIDs with the stomach, bisphosphonates with the stomach. Um, they could have a non-allergic exanthem. So post-Epstein-Barr virus or mononucleosis, the amoxicillin rash you get is non-allergic. Um, other symptoms that don't really fit with allergies, so such as headache. Um, and then looking for those anaphylactic causes or anaphylactic symptoms, those worrying symptoms. So lightheadedness, fainting, um, nausea, vomiting, a diffuse rash, throat swelling, or shortness of breath. Key feature number four, use a selective approach in ordering cultures before initiating antibiotic therapy. So exactly as the key feature suggests in there um, and what we've discussed before. There's not much to elaborate on here. Key feature number five, in urgent situations, do not delay the administration of antibiotics. So the key in sepsis and serious infections is that early antibiotics save lives. If you have an ill patient and you think there's any chance of sepsis, if you're thinking of sepsis even in the back of your mind, treat it as sepsis until proven otherwise. You should have a protocol in your emergency department for early management of sepsis and you should follow it. Um, as a bit of an aside, there's been two recent excellent trials, the ARISE and PROCESS trials, that have changed the management of early sepsis fairly significantly in the last year, but the basics are still the same. Uh, most of the debate in those trials centered around um, early goal-directed therapy and whether uh, central venous oxygen saturation is useful to guide treatment. But that's way down the path for sepsis and something that isn't going to be tested on the CCFP. Sepsis and early goal-directed therapy are huge epic topics on their own, and it's kind of unbelievable to me that they're not listed in the priority topics or the 99 topics, um, and that early critical care is left out as well. So we're going to sandwich all this critical care stuff into the infections topic when we get there. That's it for antibiotics this week.